Hey friends, quick PSA before you listen to this amazing episode. This is a retro. Retro episodes were recorded in 2019 or early 2020, so essentially pre-pandemic. Any references to getting together or hanging out, just know that that happened during a time when we could actually do that. Enjoy. Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com. And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis. And I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being. And I'm a mother and a wife. In each episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter? All right, welcome to another lovely episode of Her Next Chapter. Julie, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great, Stephanie. How are you? So I'm very excited today, and I'm going to tell you why. Tell me, please. Tell us. So you know how people have, like, you know, I've heard people, cool people, talk about having a girl crush. (laughs) And you know I know eight billion people. Bazillion. And I love, love, love love them all and I you know they're wonderful but I think that our guest I know where you're going with this I know where my you're girl going crush. with crush like <laughs> I go to her website and I'm always like this is so cool and look at these great pictures and I I can't figure out if it's just I'm not as cool as I think I am and I'm like so wowed but I really think it is she's amazing she's amazing and I feel that amazement all the time. So our guest today is Sarah Schultz. And Sarah, guess what? She does brand design work real well. <laughs> really well, people. Real well. Um, you know how, like, I think that what you're, what's supposed to happen when you go to a website or when you spend time with someone, um, they should make you feel inspired. Like, you should be able to go to their website and you want to feel like, I want this person to be my friend and help me figure out my logo and my website. Um, I want them to be all these things. And um, for me personally, I met Sarah many years, actually a couple of years before I even left my job. And there was just something about her spirit, her um, confidence, her... Um, just the un the non tangibleness. She's nodding her head right um, now. No, I like, am shaking I'm kidding. my head. <laughs> it, was, it was energy. It's energy that you that you feel when you meet people. And um, what it reminded me of, as a person who had spent the vast majority of her life in corporate, is you have a an, a tendency when you're in corporate America to just talk to other people who are in corporate America who are all inspiring and lovely and great. But the opportunity to talk to someone who had stepped out of corporate and was really living and working in their passion place 
and who was doing multiple things got me to think, wait a minute, I am trying to settle in on one. But Sarah just talked about like three things and it all sounded like it hooked all together. Great. And so we, I um, feel so excited to have Sarah here today to talk to us and talk to you about her journey and about the things that she's done, the things that she's doing. So welcome. My goodness. I'm going to come every day. (laughs) Just, I'll just be in that fourth chair all the time. Yep. That so I can time. just say my girl crush is here. That was very generous. That was very generous. So Sarah, <laughs> tell Hi. us about your journey. What's oh, happening? Well, lots of things. <laughs> all lots of the things, things. All the things. I definitely, you know, Steph, I will agree. I do thrive in doing a lot. I like having a full plate. Um, I don't like the word hustle. So I think I blend that fairly well with like fun things to do and things that don't feel as serious or as heavy. Um, and I think that my ability to do that and balance that just helps in general, like live a really happy life. So to me, life is short. We're a blip on the radar. I really, really, really only matter like to me. You know, obviously we've got the close inner circle, right? But their lives are going to go on whether I'm there or not. And so in a non-selfish way, I really like to try to have that be kind of my North Star as I as I navigate. How do I feel happy? What makes me feel full? How can I share that gift? How can I encourage others to feel the same and get after whatever it is that they're, they want to do? That makes me the happiest. That's awesome. The happiest. If I can just help someone else figure out what they're going to be really good at, and if I can help be just the smallest little slice of that for them, oh, I just, I get goosebumps from head to toe, for sure, for sure. So how did you get to where you are now? And where are you now? I mean, I do know the answer, but for everyone You're else right who may here not in know. This room with I'm us. in this super cool room, you guys. It's padded. I'm worried a little. Um, no. Where am I right now? Right now I'm at a crossroads. I'm I'm preg I'm pregnant. There's a human inside of me, which is really weird. <laughs> because that wasn't my plan. And so um, I can't think of a more profound, (laughs) that's the plan, Sarah, like you don't get to plan everything, you know? So I definitely like a lot of control in my life. I've seen a lot of, um, I have a lot of vision and then I run towards it, whatever that is. Um, And so like you, I have a corporate background and it didn't feel right for me. And I knew that right away, but I didn't know how to not do that because society told me this is what you do. Sarah. And I really was like, I'm going to be the CEO. I'm going to be the VP. I'm going to run this place because I thought that's what success was because I never thought about it any other way. So I climb in this corporate ladder and uh, it wasn't for me. I wasn't happy. I didn't feel fulfilled. There were components that I absolutely loved. I learned a ton. Uh, I got to lead a team. I, I learned what it was to engage with others, to inspire others. And I found those things that I loved it just wasn't doing the things that I loved. Mm-hmm. And so I I got to where I am now kind of, you know, from a professional standpoint, a little bit, it was a bit unique. My husband and I quit our corporate jobs to go travel full time. And that was this wild leap of faith that when when my husband Will brought it up to me one night, I was like, I'll go pack my bags. Let's go tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I don't need a plan. <laughs> I'll figure it out everything's going to be fine. And he was like, okay, you're crazy. (laughs) 
We need to budget. We need to put, we balance each other out very well. <laughs> I'm like all head in the clouds and he's like feet firmly, you know, anchored. And so that's a nice little balance between the two of us. Absolutely. And so we left. We left with no, um, really no baggage. At the time, we didn't have kids. We didn't own a home. Um, we had very little responsibility back in Minnesota, which, which is was and still is our home base. Um, and we just went and explored super selfishly for about two and a half years. Wherever we wanted to go, whatever we wanted to do, we missed every you know family holiday. We missed time with our loved ones. And we just invested in one another and seeing the world in this totally insane and very doable way. I could convince you to go tomorrow, I promise. <laughs> Okay, I'm packing yep. my bags. <laughs> it is not as expensive as you think. It's not as wild as you think. And so, you know, it 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 was the coolest. I, I don't even, I miss it every day. I miss it every single day. It's also not sustainable. Like only spending time with your partner 24-7. Uh-uh. That was aggressive. That got a lot. <laughs> but it was really cool. It was a really, really cool time to, to be able to really invest in one another and, and figure each other like, out. Did you work from saving you savings to do this? I mean, yeah. that was a long time, right? To to be gone and, yeah, and my corporate planning right? like, brain is like, <laughs> did you wait tables? <laughs> <laughs> so we cranked. Okay, so for all you numbers people, that we cranked up our four hundred one ks before we left. We had planned and budgeted for about two years. Okay. So we did a lot of financial planning to make sure that we weren't setting ourselves up for future financial failure. Um, and then we had every amount of like little penny went into our liquid savings to pay for the trip, which again is way less expensive than you would anticipate if you're savvy and intelligent. And there's lots of really, really cool ways to travel that don't mean a bazillion dollars. I was not staying in five-star resorts. I was not flying first class, but I would I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. That's awesome. It was totally That's wild. That's awesome. And so we didn't work. We didn't plan on working. We didn't plan on needing to work. Um, I had very casually been designing on the side as I was wrapping up my time in my corporate career. And really for myself, I, I designed our wedding suite. And I put it up in my cube. And all of my cube mates and my partners at work became my initial clients. And so when wow. we left, I had a constant stream of clients that I just wasn't anticipating or marketing to. They just came to me, which is the best way to start a business is... <laughs> I made really no money in that two years. I mean, it, was, it wasn't a livable amount of income, but it wasn't money we needed. So there was no fear. It was just, yes, I can do that. Yes, we'll figure it out. Yes, this money is a bonus. And that alleviated so much pressure of getting a business started. And so anything we brought in was just bonus cash. Right. So then two and a half years... You come back to Minneapolis, and did you know when you came back to Minneapolis, I'm going to start my own business, and this is what, this is what I'm going to do? That's, yeah. We were getting ready to come back. Will was looking for jobs, and I said, I think I have enough in my pipeline right now that this is worth exploring full time. Um, I hadn't invested a ton outside of just heavily utilizing a referral network, which I think referral-based businesses are highly undervalued today. There's lots of really great way to meet your ideal clientele, but referral-based businesses are super successful depending on what you want your scale to be and what you sure. want that to look like. Sure. And so I said, I think I have enough. Let's try. And I tried and we've been home since, so it'll be all, gosh, it's so crazy. It'll almost be four years that we've been back and uh, three, yeah, three and a half and it's worked. Yeah. It, it's worked. And so, you know, 
something that I was just willing to, it was a constant fear, always like, oh my gosh, how do, how are we going to pay for these things? Or how are we going to live the life we want? Or how, and I just, you just still go, you just go, you make it work, you figure it out along the way, lots of bumps, lots of learnings, still am learning, still have no clue what I'm doing, <laughs> trying my best every single day and repeating what works well and releasing what doesn't. And for me, that was releasing wedding stationery. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the stationer in Minneapolis, which aligns to none of my personal values whatsoever. <laughs> what was I thinking? So, you know, I was coordinating tangible deliverables from all over the world, which is insane because there was no proof checks that I got to go to. I heavily leveraged my family at home. I couldn't pack and ship my own orders. Thank you, mom. Um, it was really stressful. It was really stressful. And although I love the industry and I love paper, I've always been a paper geek. Paper sources like, oh, or like archivers. Does anyone remember archivers? Yes. Yes. Like that was me, scrapbooking and all that fun stuff. That's not, you know, that doesn't make sense for me any longer because I want to continue traveling. I want to be able to move and just have some flexibility that a tangible deliverable doesn't allow. And so as my bridal clients started calling and saying, I'm starting a nonprofit, I'm starting a business, can you help? I said, uh, digital deliverables, I sure can help. And I figured it out and I really course corrected. I left the wedding industry and transitioned completely, almost solely into focusing on helping brands develop their visuals to align with the voice that they've decided they wanna share with the world. So talk to us about how you found the courage to make any one of these changes, even from, you know, stationary to digital, not necessarily knowing, will I have a clientele that's going to follow me into this? Or did you kind of make sure you had that up front before you make the shift? Like, how did you how did you find the courage to navigate the changes? I think my litmus test is always, does this align with like my bigger why? And my bigger, you know, thought here is I, this lifestyle that I want to live and feeling as whole and happy as I possibly can. And for me, that is deeply connected to traveling and exploring. Um, and I really value flexibility. And so it was really it's scary. It's really scary to make any sort of shift. But to me, it was just like a very simple no brainer. Like, okay, release all of that. It's It'll be fine. Go this direction now, because this is ultimately what makes your heart sing. And that in every case, I've had to do something along those lines. It's proven to work because it's just I so deeply want that to happen. I highly believe the universe is you know, conspiring with me. It wants me to feel happiness. My inner circle wants me to feel happiness. The people I interact with. You hearing this, you might think, oh, wow, this girl does this and this makes her happy. I know somebody who needs, to, you know, her. I know somebody that needs Sarah. Like the people just start showing up for you in a way when you're really aligned with what you want. And so we can get super existential about that or we don't have to. But that was important to me to just I keep checking against that. Right. Is this what's making me happy? And so it was kind of easy for me to let that go. Let's stay there for a second, because, you know, one of the things that I hear a lot or I I hear people ask those of us that have made changes how do you figure out what your passion is mm -hmm. so you said travel is important to you flexibility is important to you and I'm sure there's someone listening saying yep me too 
is that it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be a brand designer now. I'm going to do what Sarah did. (laughs) Um, But I wonder, you know, how how do you, how would you encourage people to kind of land the plane a little bit, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure you have to do totally in your business. Yeah, it's interesting. Most of my most of my clients are small business owners. Most of them female business owners, and most of them either transitioning out of a corporate career or finally reinvesting kind of full time into the thing, whatever their thing is. And so there's a lot of education and a lot of, um, you know, consulting on like, hey, don't freak out. It'll be fine. Like, let's chat through some of these things. For me, what I think makes the most sense is you have to be super self-aware and you have to have a lot of very serious conversations with yourself. Why are you doing what you're doing right now? Have you thought critically about what it is that you're doing and what made you do that? majority of our society, unfortunately, is kind of just like zombieing through life and doing what they think they're supposed to do. Um, I've never felt drawn to that. I've always wondered, like, my path is, this repeats over and over in my life, like questioning why we're doing what we're doing or questioning why my friends maybe chose to stay in state for college and I left. I was one of the only people that I knew that left. because I thought, well, why the hell not? Like, I should go live where there's palm trees. That sounds amazing, right? Like, so I, I think a lot of times people just default to the status quo. And because of that, they all of a sudden wake up 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, and they're like, what just happened? And I knew that that was not my game. I was not going to play that. I, I wanted to go figure out. So it's a lot of really serious conversations that can be very scary and very uncomfortable. A lot of people don't get it. And that's okay. Those aren't your people that you talk to this thing about. Right. You know, you're going to find other people that you can level set with and talk about business. I talk a lot um, at an event that I co-host called the Mary Hour where, you know, my husband doesn't quite get it because he's not an entrepreneur. He's not a small business owner. He is a huge cheerleader of mine. But there are just some things I can't talk to him about because he's not playing in my arena. Right. He just doesn't get it. His skin's not in the game quite like mine is. So uh, I, I know, okay, I'm not going to go to Will for that, but I will go to Steph. I will talk to Julie about this. I will talk to so-and-so to get some perspective. But that's really hard to kind of um, awaken yourself to, that there's, there's a lot of tough conversations that really need to happen and some self-awareness, I think, that comes with that. And I think the great, the great thing about that is um, we all will have that conversation with ourselves and then act at different stages, Right. So, you know, in Sarah's case, she didn't have to be in corporate America for 24 years to say, maybe this is not my jam. (laughs) Um, But I think for some of us, we're there for a while and we we do enjoy it and we feel like it is our thing. But then it becomes the way we define ourselves. Totally. And so then the concept of leaving becomes really challenging or you're you're shooting and racing for a role or a level and you don't really want the work, but you feel like because you've defined yourself by this organization or by these levels or by this function. And so I think that message is really powerful of really, you know, stepping back and saying, what is your thing? What is important to you? And are you living that? And you can do that when it makes sense for you. Talk to me. um, Tell Julie and I and our listeners about obstacles along the way Mm. we call them our holy shit moments where you're like what yeah walk us through one and how you worked through it sarah that's a really beautiful question because 
even, you know, Steph, you said that my confidence was something that stood out to you. And I've heard that my entire life. I, I'm a confident person. And that obviously has served me really well to, to help with being an entrepreneur. And that certainly does not mean I don't feel intense fear. <laughs> and there are daily oh shits <laughs> where I'm like, what am I doing? You're not going to make any money. Like there's these panic moments. It's very, very real. Um, I think the difference between somebody that chooses to take a step forward and somebody who just stays still and keeps only dreaming about their dreams and not doing their dreams is being willing to tiptoe into that fear-filled place and find ways to mitigate and manage it. Um, for me, I think my biggest learning, a huge oh shit moment was people, not everyone's going to like me. <laughs> and I don't, I'm a strengths finder. Like I'm super into like, I love all that corporate, uh, like self-assessment stuff. I think that's amazing. It was one of my Me favorite too. things. I signed up for all of those extracurriculars <laughs> at work. Thank you, when Sarah. I was, yeah, I love that stuff. Um, so strengths finders. HR person. <laughs> I loved it. I love you for filling out your form on oh, time. Yes, I sure did. <laughs> Thank you. I sure did. And I was like, oh, can I do some extra ones of those? Um, but that goes back to wanting to be self-aware too, because that has served me really well. So one of my strengths, if you've not done strengths finders before, it's a fascinating um, exam, if you will. You take a test and you get five, your five top strengths. I want to say number one or two is woo, win others over. And most of the time that served me very, very well in my life. However, I get super or historically I had gotten very uncomfortable when I wasn't liked. And then you get this weird like, why don't you like me? I really want you to like me. And I didn't even know that I was doing this. This is just like so innately who I am. It's important for me to make sure that when I'm in a room, the people feel comfortable. It's important for me to make sure that somebody feels welcome. Amazing attributes to have when it comes to woo. But the flip side of that is intense discomfort when somebody doesn't like you. And uh, people aren't going to like you all the time, <laughs> you know, and and really figuring out that that's OK. That opinion doesn't define who you are. Don't let that stop what you're doing. Uh, you know, you got to find a way just to feel settled with that and let it go and move on and keep trudging ahead. That's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And especially today when there's so many touch points and ways to communicate with people, like it's not easy just to shut off all the time. Like either shut that person out or, you know, whatever that looks like. And so really being like, okay, it's okay if not everyone likes you or not everyone likes what you're doing or not everyone likes your product. Like all of that concept can really transcend what specific area you're talking about. If a client is like, mm, not my jam, I don't like you, I'm not going to hire you, that's probably better for me. Like, Absolutely. They, you know, I then I can re redirect my time and effort and energy on someone that really I do want to cultivate into my circle. I do want to bring into my life and my business. So there was definitely some oh shit moments where I'm like, oh, not everyone's going to like you. <laughs> Dang. And that's, it's tough. Yes. It's tough when it pops up. And I don't think that's ever going to end. Well, probably too. I mean- especially for a person like you who is probably so used to being liked. I mean, I remember Sarah and I met, um, you know, th through Modern Well, through this femme. Mm -hmm. I remember, f I think I, I, I don't have a clear, but I, I remember seeing this femme merchandise and potentially even reaching out to you and being like, hey, yeah. you're doing some really cool stuff. Can <laughs> you come into Modern Well? I just want to know you. Kind of like how Steph, I think, 
that you met there too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, we did through you. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> modern well, modern well, back to modern well. No. <laughs> um, just kidding. But really, I remember you coming in and it was very early on in the modern well life. And I was feeling very vulnerable Mm -hmm. in like, oh my gosh, are people going to come here? Are people going to show up? Are people going to like this? And I remember your presence there was so important to me and so Mm. timely. I remember you coming in and you have this levity about you and people were drawn to you. And I remember there was a day... I don't even know if you realized it, but there was a day where I was kind of having a an off day and we have this on video of you, like <laughs> she had her cute little hat on and she's dancing in the middle of Modern Well and just like doing a little, you know, boomerang jig and it went like, you know, it was one of our top <laughs> posts on, on Instagram. And I remember just thinking to myself, this is the kind of energy, this person is the kind of person that I want to sort of share with, with the whole Modern Well community oh, and that right. this is us, right? This is who we are. And so I would imagine that you get that kind of feedback and you do have that kind of presence when you go to most. So when someone is a little (laughs) bit like, who are you? And I don't, you're probably like, wait a minute, everybody likes me. (laughs) It's, it's, It's very uncomfortable. Like nobody, I don't really think anyone likes not being liked. I mean, I think there's different degrees of like, I can't give two shits. Right. Um, right but right. that for me was a learned. Yeah. That was a very learned thing that I'm still learning and practicing because it's uncomfortable and it's not what I want, right? Like right. you want to leave somebody with the experience that you intended to leave them with. But what it comes down to is that's less about me and more about them. Yeah. And that's okay. I think that's right. You know, for me, I work in HR. So I'm, you're loved. I assume <laughs> that people don't like me. <laughs> I assume (laughs) that they're not excited about me coming. And in fact, I haven't had instances when I have shown up to to a meeting and employees have burst into tears. Because usually, especially during times when companies are doing layoffs, Mm -hmm. the the sight of the HR person in a room with your boss means something not so great is happening. And so, you know, you have enough times of people crying when you walk in the room. It builds up, (laughs) builds up a little bit of resilience towards that. I'm like, I... I don't think, or when people, when you say you're in HR, they're like, oh, yeah. I, but I'm the one that they like. Right? Yes. I think this is where like the crickets clip comes in. (laughs) You love me. I love you. I know you do. Thank you. But yes, I, I do think that that is a thing, but I, I do think you're right, Sarah, that at the end of the day, um, you want to work with people regardless of the work that we're doing that kind of mesh with you, that are bringing a positive energy, that that feel the vibe of what it is that you're doing. And if, you know, you're trying to do brand design work with somebody and they're not feeling your vibe, mm-hmm. then best to make that decision early. Totally. Then continue to try and work it and work it and work it where it's not only uncomfortable for you, but uncomfortable for them. Right. And then somebody has to be the one to kind of make the call. So tell us, dear Sarah, day in the life. Day in the life. What does it look like? Never the same. And I love that. <laughs> I just love that. I love, um, you know, I'm easily distracted as a human being. And so just leaning into that instead of fighting it allows me, like, I'm really good at changing tasks at the drop of a hat. 
Uh, sometimes that means I have 10 open and not sent emails with five thoughts in each one. Uh, but there's ways to mitigate that. You know, you hire an assistant. <laughs> so, you know, there's just like, again, back to that self-awareness, knowing what I'm good at but and knowing what I'm not good at. But then really leaning into like, I like changing tasks. So this morning I was at a photo shoot for a client working on some brand photography, um, you know, and playing the director of that. And then I come here and I'm podcasting. And then this afternoon I have you know, meeting for another creative direction uh, contract I'm doing for a photo shoot. And then I'm talking to a a new intern on some this femme stuff. And so every day is different there. We we try to bulk like my work. I like to batch work and I'm really good at some things at certain times. So for some reason, Fridays, I work really well, really late on Fridays. Who knows why? I don't know. (laughs) Now that I'm pregnant, that seems to serve me well because I'm not trying to like creep out to happy hour or anything. I'm happy like staying in. Um, But I work well, you know, hammering through some stuff on Fridays, client stuff and wrapping up emails. And Mondays, typically I like to get in the email and set the week up right and have a meeting with my assistant. So no no two days are the same. I work from home. I have a beautiful home office. I also love to work at all the local coffee shops. I love popping into Modern Well and saying hi to Julie. I was just there last week. So it's it's just, I like change. And again, that aligns back with flexibility. You know, right. at the beginning of January, I was in Hawaii for 10 days and I worked. I worked all of those 10 days, full days worth of work. I think that you can have that lifestyle if you want it. So I just keep doing what you know makes me happy that's awesome thanks what advice would you have for women in particular who mm-hmm. are looking at making a change or reinventing I think it's really fascinating a lot of the issues and themes that hold women back in all areas of life don't always hold men back and I think that that's we're we're starting to have more conversations around that. Um, I just always think that that's interesting. Like, what is that? Why is that? Is it deep-rooted societal norms? Yes, it is. Is it um, a lot of personal fear? Well, yeah, of course it is that too. And so I think when it comes to being a woman in business and whether that be doing your own thing or you want to climb that corporate ladder, like whatever it is for you, Figure out really, truly why you want that thing and then confidently sprint towards it because your male counterparts are sure as shit doing that Mm -hmm. and they're climbing the ladders and they're getting the funding for their jobs or their projects or whatever or they're choosing to be, you know, stay at home dads and they're not getting dad shamed probably like mom guilt happens. Um, And again, a lot of those things will change when some societal shifts happen and some of that's just you know, systemic, and we're working through it right now. Right. Um, But figure out what that thing is for you and why, and then run. Like, make that thing happen and find a way to do it for you. There is not one way to do this. You do not have to work 80-hour weeks to be successful. I do not work 80-hour weeks. Oh, and by the way, I define my success super differently than, you know, you, Julie, do, and super differently than you, Steph, do, and that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. Success can look to me uh, having nothing to do with the dollar amount and having everything to do with I traveled, you know, 10 weeks this year or whatever that is. Right. And so, again, that goes back to what works for you and why. And then build out your metric system to help you measure if it's working or not. And you get to define your success. Run in that direction and realize that your way is the perfect way for you. 
it's not one size fits all. I think that's awesome. And I think having people around you who can support you in your way, even if their way is a little bit different, is also a gem. Same with like parenthood or motherhood. Like this isn't just about business and and work. It's, It's in every area. And I think if we were just a little more willing to listen and just realize that like, hey, good for you, girl. That way is amazing. You go do you doesn't work for me like no judgment needs to be there just totally. you know we'd be so much happier the best advice that I give uh, to my women friends when they are pregnant is uh do you mm. because there you're gonna get a flood of advice about where your baby should sleep and what your baby should wear and what your baby should eat and the umpteenth version of this toy or that toy and at the end of the day you you do you. Right. Like you're raising that kid. No, none of these other people are. Right. Exactly. And what no worked in the for me may not work for you. Totally. And with, with babies, that stuff changes every second anyway. But, you know, <laughs> I tell people all the time, if you're asking me what I did and what I loved, I'm happy to tell you. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you is my baby ain't your baby. Mm-hmm. You don't have the anxiety issues maybe that I have or the things yeah. that I needed to do. And I... The people that I spent time with were the people that were like, oh, girl, yeah, I can tell you exactly what I did, but it was three years ago or four years ago or 10 years ago. I don't even know if they make that stuff. And so to you, I say, do you, as Mm. I know that you will do. (laughs) Sort of like, why do I have to tell her? She had to tell me that for like a year. Um, We are so excited to have you with us. I just am, you know, sending you abundant joy. Mm. You and Le Bebe. And the business and everything. So, Sarah, if people want to reach out to you or get in contact with you or work with you, how do they do that? You can find me on the interwebs at sarahschultz.co. No H on Sarah. That's also my Instagram handle. I'm very honest and open on Instagram. My husband's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I like connecting with people and this is a good way to do it. And then I also own and co-founded two other brands. One is This Femme. You can find me at thisfemme.com. And then The Merry Hour is a great place for women to get together just to talk about how hard it is to, to go do your own thing. And that's at um, maryhour.co. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, thanks for having so me. wonderful to see you. I'll see you next week. I'm never leaving. Yay. Okay. <laughs> and the week after. Yay. <laughs> thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of hernextchapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at hernext.chapter. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you are enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.